Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, Naomi Rotstein. Honestly, this was such an incredible conversation as we dove into all things intuitive eating, trusting your body, nutrition, knowing how to pivot in this time of COVID, going to online for fitness professionals, and how to not burn out, how to take care of yourself, how to listen when our body is giving us the signals and the signs that things are not going as they should be going, or that we are not taking care of ourselves. We're not in alignment with how our body is begging us to. Naomi shared a lot of her own personal story of her years of dealing with fitness competitions and pushing her body and not listening and having family and people really asking her to, and she was just not in that space. It took having a peptic ulcer at a very young age where she finally had to face the knowledge and knowing and intuition that that was not the direction where she wanted to be. She now helps other fitness professionals with how to shift and pivot their business online, how to listen, how to build their business and be profitable and not burn themselves out in the process. It's a great conversation and I know you're absolutely going to love it. Welcome to the show today, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me, Marsha. I'm really excited to be chatting with you and having this conversation. Me too. I'm going to get started with a couple of quick questions so people can get to know who you are. Where are you from? I am from, um, I grew up right outside of Boston. So I'm from Massachusetts, uh, right outside the city, about 20 minutes outside of uh, downtown. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Boston is such a beautiful area. It is, um, except today it's pouring rain. <laughs> but is it rain? <laughs> oh, um, it's like it's like raining sideways and windy. Yeah, yeah. But that's see, okay. <laughs> I'm Ontario, and we're very similar in the sense to what the weather you mm-hmm. get in Boston, and we're having a one of those beautiful fall days that it's okay. just. Yeah, okay. I can't. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like I don't know, ten degrees, which is beautiful for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like super warm, but I'll take it. I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about—the cold, rainy yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's fine. It's all good. It's are all you, good. It's all good. Are you a reader? Like, are you a reader? And if you are, do you have an impactful book that you could share with people? Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. Um, I actually have this right here. I know you all are listening to me. It's a podcast, but I can show you this is right by my bedside <laughs> right now. Um, it is called building a story brand by Donald Miller. Um, and it's wonderful. I try to read a chapter. I'm not like a good morning reader because usually I wake up and I'm working right away when I wake up. So I'm more of a 
evening, like read a chapter mm-hmm. before bed kind of person. Um, nice. And I, I love this book. It is about using seven elements of great storytelling to grow your business. So that's where I'm at right now. And I really like it. That's, he is so known for storytelling. Like that is, that is his brand. That is really what yeah. he's done, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a mentor who has impacted or your affected your life in some way, shape or form? Oh, um, so I've always, um, since I've been running my own business, which is almost going to be four years now, um, I've worked with business coaches. I'm currently working with a business coach who I absolutely adore. Um, I think it's so important to have that accountability, um, just kind of like another voice to just help you stay mm-hmm. focused and clarity. Um, I'm building some other legs of my business right now. So my, my business coach is helping with that. Her name is Hannah. Um, I've also worked with a coach whose name is Jess Glazer. Um, so I've, I've, I've dabbled with business coaches and I think I will never be without one. So I see, I thank you for sharing that because a lot of people think that you do the work to do, you know, if I invest in this one program, then my business is going to just magically fall together in a way that's easy Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. just continuing to change and grow and Mm -hmm. elevate to the next level, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have a quote or something that you are... That, that's something that, that you are, oh, what's the word? Sorry, I'm totally, um, that grounds you. Um, I don't know if it's, a, it's not really like a quote, but something, you know, as an entrepreneur, I, I think there's a couple things. I think it's really easy to get burnt out because we literally can always be working and always be doing something, creating something. Um, and at times like those, it's just, I always have to tell myself to pull back a little bit and Mm -hmm. just stop, stop what I'm doing. If I'm feeling like that stuck of creativity, um, or in some imposter syndrome, um, just pull back and especially stay off social media. Um, but another thing I just always think about is, um, just continue to show up, like continue to show up even when it gets a little sticky. If you feel, um, let's say you've taken a couple days off, like that's not just like diet and exercise, like taking a couple days off is not going to affect your business, just like it will not affect your physique goals if you have any. In fact, we sometimes need that um, regression, like that time off in order to progress forward. Um, So I just always tell myself to keep showing up in some shape, way or form for myself, whether that's self-care, taking time off or for my business, whether I'm feeling super creative and, you know, I'm sharing a bunch of content. So um, that's a long winded answer for you. (laughs) No, no, it's actually really good. It's a really good answer that will lead into my next question is, and I love it because first off, I love pullback because there are times that's been something that has for me, if I'm sitting here thinking like, what do I say? What do I post? What do I, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know what? You just need a day, like just pull back. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to show up and today's not perfect, but this is where we're at today. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, I love that. What is something, and you've already touched on a little bit, but what lights you up? Like what drives you? Oh, um, so many things I could say, take this into so many contexts, Mm -hmm. but honestly, I, I think help people. Like I, I love at at my core, I I think I've had a successful business and, um, being a personal trainer, I'm now pivoting into business coaching for personal training, specifically with, um, fitness professionals as well. And at the end of the day, um, creating connections with people light me up. 
whether that's a simple conversation in a direct message, whether that's, you know, having a guest on my podcast and me reaching out to them. But I think over time, I've gotten a lot more confident and better at honestly, just like cold reaching out to people just to say, hi, how are you? Um, and I just love hearing people's stories and connecting with them. And I think at the end of the day, any business is about creating relationships and, you know, making yourself, um, available for people. So that truly lights me up just like conversations like this. Yeah. I love that because I think that we make it too complicated to connect to other people and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Oh, we, it's like so many, I think it's so easy to self-sabotage in our heads. Like, okay, I want to reach out to this person, but she might not respond. And what if this happens? And what if this, and what if it's weird? And it's like, I've no, I've like, I just take my phone now and I'll just voice memo someone through a direct message and just reach out. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So you, you just said you pivoted, you're pivoting right now into business coaching for personal trainers. Mm. You have, dabbled and talked about burning out and what that process looked like for you. Take us back to a point in your story where you really um, decided or had a moment of this, obviously I can't do it this way anymore. Like share a little bit of your story. And when we hit that point of this is not the way that I can do this. Okay. So I can, I can approach this two ways and I'll ask you, do you want me to talk about it in relation to business or do you want me to talk about it in relation to fitness and exercise. (laughs) Let's talk about fitness first, because I think it's important to reach that. And then I want to talk about how that can impact as personal trainers, as people who are showing up for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, my story, so I, I got really, really into, um, fitness when I was in high school, I didn't love any of the sports that were offered, um, in the spring season at my high school. So I started going to the gym with my mom. It was a super hard bodied gold's gym, like no frills, you know, yeah. the tanned yeah. guys and the tank tops, you can get an image everyone. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I, um, I just started going with my mom and I, fell in love. Like I fell in love with going to the gym. It became the place I could not wait to go to. I loved the people. I started getting to be friendly with some trainers and group fitness instructors. And I was lifting weights and that that was kind of new to me at an early age. And I started going to spin classes with my mom and, um, I just loved it. I couldn't wait to go to the gym. And I knew, um, as I saw my body transform a little bit, but not only that, I was just getting a lot more confidence. Um, Mm -hmm. and at a time like high school, when confidence is all over the place and, um, a lot of insecurity, I was feeling really good about myself. Um, so it was kind of in those moments that I knew, huh, like this is something I could study. This is something I could really dive deep into and make a career out of. Um, and at that time I also was exposed to the world of fitness competitions at that gym. I was watching, um, a couple of trainers train some women, um, in, uh, the group fitness studio. So they would put on their sparkly bikinis and wear their heels and, um, their tan bodies and do the posing. And I would kind of be peeking in being like, Ooh, that's that's interesting. Like that would be cool one day. Anyways, I kind of threw that in the back pocket. So fast forward, I went to college. I studied exercise science. I have my degree in exercise science with a minor in nutritional science um, from Ithaca college in upstate New York. And I came back, I started working in the corporate, um, corporate wellness. So I managed a small gym that was located inside of a corporate company. And while it was a great first job out of school, I was really, um, bored 
I wasn't working one-on-one with clients. It was a lot of sitting at a desk managing. And it was there that I started my blog called One Fit Foodie. I started Mm. it in 2009 and that's kind of, it just took off. I started sharing snippets of my life in terms of fitness and motivation and exercise and recipes. And people started contacting me and, you know, companies would start, started to contact me, um, to send me products. And it just kind of took a world of its own. And that's to this day, my brand is one fit, you know, one fit fee. I run one fit future. My business coaching course is one fit biz and, um, one fit foodie. So, um, it, it's always kind of stuck with me. Um, so around age 25, I found myself in a pretty, uh, not healthy relationship, so to speak. And, um, some words were said to me physically about my body and it prompted me to sign up for a fitness competition. So I did, and I dove deep. Um, throughout that time I pivoted, I left that job. I got my first personal training job at a corporate gym and I signed up for a fitness competition and I went in like all in. I thought I would do one show. I continued to do six shows over the course of three or four years. Um, and it was my life. So talking about burnout, um, I pretty much got addicted to how my body looked. I transformed my body. Um, I was getting, as you can imagine, like really, you know, positive comments from men and from women. Um, so that kind of fueled me to want to maintain this look that I had all year round, which is not sustainable if you've done a fitness competition or you've tried. Um, it's not. Um, so I got to a place where, um, I was really rigid with my entire life, with my schedule, um, with my social life, with my family. Um, I just had a very, um, unsustainable lifestyle. So to speak that, um, I had a very disordered relationship with my body and with food and with traveling and with going places. And, you know, it was, it was not maintainable. It was not, um, I was not able to maintain it. I got really sick when I was 26. I landed in the hospital. I had a perforated peptic ulcer. Um, and it was kind of in those moments after I was in the healing process that I knew something needed to shift. That was kind Mm -hmm. of my, my wake up moment. Um, to put the show life behind me and really heal my relationship with my body and with food. So was it hard to do like, thank you for sharing that. Like, thank you very Mm -hmm. much for sharing that. Was it, I mean, your very first, can I ask you what your first competition age was like when you did your first competition? I was age, um, I'm thinking about this now. So it was 2000, 2011 was my first show. I think I was age 25. When I did my first show, that sounds about right. Um, I was 25. Yeah, because I'm 34 now. (laughs) I'm counting back. So I was age 25. Um, Yep. So during those times, right, you're going through, and and I think it's really important to just pause for a millisecond there, and the fact that you're getting, you know, you're getting the comments back, the, you know, you look great, and I'm sure you've, I'm sure you felt great in a sense, but it'd be, it'd be curious to see, right? Like, you know, how hard that was to maintain. And then all of a sudden your body develops a peptic, peptic ulcer, which is very young for that age, oh. perforated, <laughs> like very, very young. Mm-hmm. And did you come to that realization yourself or did you have family speaking to you saying that you can't do this or a doctor saying like how, what was that process like? If you don't mind sharing a little bit of that. 
Sure. Um, so I have, I have an amazing relationship with my family. I have an older brother yes. I'm super close with, and I was actually living at home at the time because I lived at home for um, a bunch of years after college, just because mm-hmm. I lived so close to the city and my job at that time was in the city, figured to save some money. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. So my parents actually lived through this with me, meaning they saw me sign up for a show. They came to every single show of mine. Um, and they, I think they thought, cool, she's going to do a show and that will be that. And then she's mm-hmm. going to get back to her normal self and live a life that a 25 year old should be living. And, but it was like, Oh no, this is just the start. Like mm-hmm. the, the positive affirmations I was getting from the outside world, um, you know, other random strangers, again, like men, women, it was that fuel I needed because I had this ex-boyfriend at the time who said, you know, I don't want to be with you because you look like X, Y, Z. So it was kind of like, screw you. Now I look like this. Mm -hmm. And all of the, all of these comments fueled my, um, rigidity. So I was like, Nope, this is just the first. And my, my parents were, they were supportive in the fact that they love me and they're going to show up and they're going to be there for me. But it was, if you, if they were on this podcast now and you were asking them, it was probably one of the hardest times of their life to watch their daughter restrict food and be so calculated and cry if there wasn't a gym at a hotel that I was staying at and just have a really um, Mm -hmm. unhealthy approach to life pretty much. It's that it's hard for parents as you're watching something that you want to support your child, but at the same time, you know, like this is not helping her at all. Exactly. At all. So you hit a point where you have this peptic ulcer and then what's the turning point from there? Like, what does that look like? Where did, how did you decide that, you know what? No, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm sure it wasn't like a one day done or. Oh no. No, no, no. Um, in fact, I, so I had my, I had a, that surgery that was, first of all, that was emergency surgery. I went to the ER. Um, I actually got sent home the first time and they said that you're constipated. So go home and you're fine. Um, and it got worse and worse. So then I went back to the ER. They saw what happened and had had to operate on me within three hours. Like it was an emergency situation. Um, and I actually did two shows after my surgery still. So that was in March of 2012. And I had another show in August. And then I had another one in um, September. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had two more. The the For me, getting on stage meant, first of all, I had lost so much weight in my recovery and my surgery that I didn't really need to do much, quote unquote, in terms of show prep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really need to diet down. I didn't really need to do much cause I just was super lean at that point. Yeah. But for me, I think it was a mental thing where I had to prove to myself that I'm alive and I'm here and I'm going to get back on stage. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go through that process, um, to prove to myself that I'm still alive and I'm breathing and I'm here. Then how I knew it wasn't for me is I was starting to prep for another show that was going to be in the spring of the following year. And I just, I, I started going through the prep and I also started to sort of enjoy my life. I was Mm. dating again. I was hanging out with friends. I was drinking. I was, you know, doing all the things I should be doing when I was 26 or 27. Um, and I was seeing glimpses of like a more free life. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, wait a second, I have show prep to do. And so it was this internal battle. And I finally just said, I can't do this anymore. And I want to, I was being more pulled to that life um, that was more freeing. 
also part of this is that this whole time I'm a personal trainer. So I'm not practicing what I preach to all of my clients, right? So I'm talking about balance and recovery from workouts and eating well and allowing yourself pizza when you want it. Meanwhile, I was not doing any of that. So I knew I needed to truly lead by example. And what does that feel like when you are living out of that kind of Mm. lack of integrity? not, not good, Mm-mm. not good at all. And it's a hard thing to describe that you're, mm-hmm. you're basically, you're talking to clients about doing these things. And as you're saying them, you're like, but I haven't taken a rest day in two weeks, you know, but you're telling your client to take two rest days a week. What is that Naomi? And it's like, it's this constant push and pull. And it's that feeling of like, you know, better, you know, you're not, you know, better, mm-hmm. but there's no one there to, tell you that. So, um, and I was also seeing a therapist at the time, which helped greatly, um, and living at home still, which helped greatly. So my parents were there for accountability and support. So that's great. That's great. Like, I mean, and I think in all of this, I just want, I just want to touch on that part of the story is that you didn't do it alone. You didn't do Mm -hmm. that work alone. And you had to go through this space of finally being in a sport, a spot where you decided that, no, this is not the way I want to do it. It's really tough because a lot of people can tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing, especially when we're doing things that aren't in our best interest, but we have to be the ones to decide that, no, this is just, obviously I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just need, I, I honestly think it helped that my parents were too, like we're getting on me about it. And as much as I didn't want to hear it, sometimes it helped me kind of, um, go always go back to what I, you know, my mom would say, but you said you were going to do this. And I was like, you're right. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. I need to focus on, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever it is. Well, that's probably going to make like, that's going to help you in so many different ways in your business because you've seen both sides of it. You've seen mm-hmm. both sides of it, right? Student, teacher, teacher, student. We have to be, yeah, we absolutely. have to be both. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in order to best serve our clients, we have to be the yeah. student sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you've taken that from then you, can you just take us into from that space where you now building a I'm assuming fairly successful personal training business Mm -hmm. and doing that for how long did you do that for before you pivoted into a little bit more business? Yeah. So I'm still training, um, but I'll I'll just take you briefly. So um, I was working in the corporate gym, corporate gyms um, for about seven years. I was working at a gym that was only Boston based, but it was a corporate gym. There were a few of them here in Boston. Um, And then I, um, swiftly moved over to an Equinox. Um, everyone pretty much knows Equinox gyms. Um, it's like the top of the top when you want to work in corporate, um, corporate gyms. And I had nothing but an amazing experience there. If you want to, you know, get into personal training and learn business and all of that, they put you through a wonderful program. Um, but for me, um, I am a true creator at the end of the day. Like I, I think there are many signs that I knew I wanted to run my own business at the end of the day. Um, and I was feeling really stuck. I was feeling quite resentful at times. So at this point I was personal training at Equinox. That was my only job because, you know, they have a strict non-compete, which is rightfully so that's totally, I'm not complaining about that, Mm -hmm. but it was really not giving me, um, fulfillment in, how I wanted to show up in my life. I Mm -hmm. had this blog I was running on the side, my one fit foodie blog, and I wanted to 
run boot camps and I wanted to help other people and I wanted to run a coaching program and help with nutrition because I had a you know couple nutrition certifications through IIN and precision nutrition, but I wasn't able to do any of that. And I just found myself waking up every day like a revolving door training eight to 10 clients a day. And I was tired by the end of the day. I felt um, really unfulfilled. So mm. talk about burnout in that sense. Um, I started putting pieces in place at the end of my four years there to be on my own. So I, there was some space. I train out of a couple private studios. I started talking to my clients about this transition I was going to make that I was going to leave. Um, and I started setting myself up for success in that way. And I pretty much transitioned my clients once I left and I tried to leave <laughs> in the summer. Um, let's say it was August. I gave my notice and they kept me. They said, just stay. You can be part-time. And I said, okay, because I was scared. I was scared to be on mm -hmm. my own, and which I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with when they first leave their nine-to-five or their corporate job. And then I stayed on for about four more months and I still was going back to how I was feeling. And it was mm -hmm. finally my time. I had to cut the cord um, in December. And that was it. And then I left and I had my final client. And then the next Monday I was fully on my own <laughs> and I had to learn everything about running a business. <laughs> so yeah, we all know that's not smoothly transition, right? Like that's a, it's yeah. a, it, it is a big transition, but now all of yeah. a sudden you're doing something that you want, that you are really feeling called to do that is in more of alignment with you. Yeah. So I've been, um, you know, so I've been running my own personal training business now for about three and a half years. It's going to mm -hmm. be going on four years. Um, I've loved every minute. I've learned a lot. I hired a business coach about two years in because I wanted to create a digital course. I wanted to, um, bring my expertise with, um, strength training and have it just be for women who are tired of yo-yo dieting, all the things I struggled with pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's intuitive eating based. It is not a diet plan. It's not anything nice. like that. Um, but it ties in a lot of components of, you know, food obsession, uh, ditching diets and a three month strength training plan. And I wanted to create this digital course. I wanted to bring it to life. So I hired a business coach and that world that I learned in how to run an online course, it lit me up and I have run my course. It's called one fit future four times now. And I, throughout it, my business has grown tremendously and I started getting people messaging me, how did you do this? And oh my gosh, you're, I'm seeing such a shift. And so I've thought about going into this pivot for a while, but it just hasn't been the right time, so to speak. And so I'm finally um, doing that. So I'm helping other, I'm going into helping other burnt out fitness professionals like myself um, create more revenue uh, through you know, a 90 day digital course, uh, to impact more lives, gain some freedom. So they're not dependent on their clients 24 seven and have that stress and anxiety about money and the 5am wake ups and all the things that, um, trainers and coaches struggle with. That's fantastic. Uh, I was just going to, I was going to say, I, you wouldn't have to look hard to find too many burnt out fitness professionals, oh my like personal trainers, <laughs> personal trainers who are doing all of that. Really? It's, yeah. Is it more of painting a vision for them of what they can yeah. create that's different? 
Absolutely. Um, I talked to so many people. I actually, someone messaged me yesterday because I was talking about setting boundaries on your schedule and how important mm-hmm. it is to take time off. And she messaged me and she said, how do you tell your clients that you need time off? And I said, I know you should not have to explain to your clients that you need time off. In fact, they will respect you a lot more if you say, I don't work Saturdays or mm-hmm. I don't work past 7 p.m. or I don't work before 7 a.m. If, if, you know, and a lot of this for entrepreneurs is figuring out what you mesh with. Like, when do you work best? When is your energy the highest? When do you want to see clients? and building your schedule around that and then setting those boundaries because the second you start slipping and letting a boundary come back, you know, like letting someone come into that 7 p.m. slot when you told yourself no, that's when it's like a slippery slope. So staying hard and fast to those um, rules. I think I went off on a tangent to your question. No, but. you did not know. No, no, no. What you know, what you don't know is that like boundaries is one of my main topics is a chapter yeah. in my whole book. It is something yeah. that I so strongly, strongly believe in. Yeah. And it's just a really I I call it it's like the highest form of self-respect. It's whatever hundred percent. It's what you need. And learning to say less, right? It's mm-hmm. not like, okay, so I'm not going to work 7 p.m. because blah, blah, right. blah, 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 or all these extra oh, reasons. Just, yeah, done. Sentences cut off and done. Yeah, right. you're so right about that. I think less is more. And my, that's something my mom's always told me, you know, like when I want to, when I say I can't do something or I can do something, then explain why. She's like, you don't have to explain why. You can just oh. say, I can't go to the party. I can't go to the party. Like mm-hmm. you don't have I won't to be say there. What, right? I won't be there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's 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 just such a lesson. But I do think this all adds to the story of the fact that you have had to go through all these levels of your story in order to be able to be at this space and teach from mm-hmm. this space because you've lived it. Absolutely. I've lived it and I know it. And when I talk about these things, especially on Instagram, um, I just know so many other people are living it. So talking about, you know, relating and sharing your story and um, building your, you know, audience base and building that like, know, and trust with your audience. Every time I share something, people are like, oh my gosh, I know I feel the same way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so, so powerful. So you're on this in this past right now where you are really wanting to build more and more businesses to help, like to help people with their business in order to create some of that, I don't know, it's just different freedom and different what it is now. If we're in a space of 2020 and COVID and everything that's happened, how does that change what's going on in your business? Because I know even like in the fitness area, I am a, I was a regulated um, kinesiologist and we weren't even, we're licensed, but we weren't even still able to work until almost September. So, and even then the guidelines that we had to work by were crazy. So it's, it's been such a change this year for a lot of people. And sometimes those changes can look like they're very scary and they don't make sense, but you know, they're going to make sense one day, (laughs) you know, it's all going to continue to make sense. Mm -hmm. So I just want your take on what you have seen so far, 2020 fitness field, people building businesses online. What's your Mm -hmm. take on what's going on right now? Yeah. Um, first of all, I absolutely loved kinesiology in college. Let me just Mm -hmm. say that. And I think, I mean, I had an amazing professor and he like was really animated. And so everything he taught, it was, it was like very memorable. I loved kinesiology. Um, 
And then to answer your question, wow. So the fitness industry, at least here, um, what I've seen in Boston, you know, it, I mean, everyone I I've seen, I've never seen so much like community building. Um, I think a lot of people came together, a lot of collaborations virtually. I think it created this overlap of I'm sharing my audience with you. You're sharing your audience with me. Like I was doing a ton of live workouts and I was sharing space with a yoga instructor. So we would collaborate there. Um, And a lot of these business owners of these small boutique studios, at least here in Boston, um, just everyone pivoted like real fast and real quick because we're hustlers, you know, like the fitness industry here. Um, everyone just kind of like, I I don't want to swear, but like they, you know, they got their stuff together and they said, okay. And for, for me, um, I just kind of said, okay, this is what it's going to be. So I have a bunch of personal training clients and I just said, look, we're going to be working out still. Nothing's going to change. What equipment do you have available? I would urge you to order some weights and we're going to be pivoting to zoom training. And to this day, I'm still zoom training. Most of my clients, there are a couple who I'm seeing in person at, um, the private studio. It's just me and them, uh, mm-hmm. one-on-one, no one else in the studio, which is great, but I've actually seen an uptick in my business tremendously because everyone canceled their gym memberships and now they want to work with a trainer. Um, and, um, it's, I think it's been a little bit of a blessing in disguise, honestly, to give a little bit of a slowdown to those of us who like are running around the city all day and going training here, training here, teaching there. And it's given us like a little bit of a breather. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I, it has given me all this time to create this new leg of my business, um, which has been amazing. So I, I, I think it's, I, I don't want to say it's a positive thing cause it's not a positive thing, but I think it's definitely, you can, we, we can look at it as a positive thing and all of the things that has given us to our businesses and creativity, um, and how to think quick and pivot. You, you said so many beautiful things right there. Blessing in disguise, I think is, is really powerful and pivoting in the moment. And I remember the date, like it was March 17th when I was done and it was March 18th. It's like, okay, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? What's yeah, the plan? Exactly. And what, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't have time to sit here and think about like, poor me and what's this going to look like? So I do love that. And I love that. I remember thinking back then that it, the businesses that are going to survive, no matter which field they are in, are the ones that pivoted fast or mm-hmm. thought quickly about how can I do this differently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The ones that, yeah, I mean, you just said it right there. The ones that are here still to this day, like there's this studio in Boston and they have two studios. Um, they're kind of like a treadmill studio and they just opened up a third. Like they just opened up a third wow. studio and in a part, you know, she already had two. She's um, been on my podcast and they just opened up a third and everyone is probably like, what? he's opening up a studio right now, but they pivoted very fast, very quick and they're making it work and yeah, moving along in their business. Yeah. Good for them. Is there some piece of advice that you had you heard sooner? Had you had realization sooner or a message you might've received sooner that might've allowed you to see things to shift sooner? And there's, you might have no regrets, which is totally fine. Just curious. Um, 
Honestly, like you said, like I shifted, we, my husband and I went to California. Um, we went to California right in the beginning and, you know, COVID was kind of happening, but no one was really, no one's wearing masks. And so this was like beginning of March. And then I had to stay in California for an extra week because I was actually in a business mastermind. My husband came home and over a weekend, things like took a turn. So I actually left early from California. I came home. It was like March 15th, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it was like, there was a Monday I remember and no one had work because everyone was just like this, everything was shut down. And that Tuesday I was like, all right, this, I'm going to just send a text or message to all of my clients and just pivot. And we're just going to keep their times and we're just going to train online on mm-hmm. zoom. So I actually just took really fast action um, Good for in you. terms of still maintaining my client base. Um, I did lose a couple. Um, but again, I was feeling a little burnt out as it is. So I don't regret that. <laughs> it was kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, you can't, that's okay. Um, and that's it. That's it. So I don't think I have regrets in how quickly I moved. I did move quick. (laughs) That's, but that's what a lot of people have done, right? That is definitely what a lot of people have had to do this year in order to be successful, to get through those, Mm -hmm. those kinks. Mm -hmm. What part of your story, what part of your story is something that you would like to share with people that? no one's asked you before that you wish they would have asked. Do you have a part of your story that you, or a moment in time where you wish you could share that with people? um, No one like going, I mean, you kind of asked me, but like going with your, like going with your gut. I think like in terms of like, if you, and that this can be in terms of business or this can be in terms of like, if you feel like you are having a disordered relationship with your body or with food, like, but if what you're doing doesn't seem sustainable, why aren't you doing anything about it? Like, why wasn't I doing anything about it in that moment? Like what So if we bring it back to my fitness story and my, you know, disordered relationship with my body story, um, why was I not practicing what I was preaching? Like, what was I scared of? And, um, why was I seeking outside validation? What could have been some things I would have, I could have done in those moments to, um, alleviate how I was feeling. Cause that stuff is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be, you know, and if you do struggle with, um, if you're coming off of following certain diets or you've been told to fear foods that have fat in them your entire life, it's not all of a sudden going to happen overnight that you're going to be comfortable eating peanut butter and coconut oil and all your food. If you've had that fear for 20 years, but what is this how is it affecting your life and why isn't it something that you're touching upon? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I, like I it. mean, yeah. So no, that's, that's a really good share. If it's not sustainable in any area of your life, then how are you like, why are you going to continue this or why? Right. Yeah. What's going to change. Yeah. Sometimes I even yeah. think of just like asking different questions, like ask myself a different, like, do I want to continue this way? Is this serving me in a way? Is this lighting me up? Is this bringing me any joy? And sometimes it's not like we're just doing because that's what we've done. 
Right. And we don't honestly, like sometimes we do these things because we don't know otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you said, we're not asking the questions or if it was something about how we brought up, like, well, my mom always did this or my, my sister always did this and we just don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's about asking for help (laughs) and at like seeking, you know, getting some other opinions and asking for help and being exposed to um, other opinions and other um, just help. Like that's why personal trainers exist. That's, you know, I can't tell you the amount of clients I've had who all they did was cardio thinking that was going to get them to lose body fat. And in fact, that's the opposite of probably. And I've had clients who are overweight and they worked out six days a week, but they were doing 60 minutes of cardio and they didn't know about the benefits of strength training and they didn't know where to start and how to start. And that's why they hired me. So there are Mm -hmm. coaches and there are people who want to help in whatever struggles you are going through no matter what it is. Someone, someone is out there. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Where is the best way for people to connect with you and to reach out? Obviously you just said Instagram, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Instagram, super active on Instagram. You know, I, I run a business through social media platforms. So I am there. You can message me, DM me. I love to have conversations, um, privately if you want. So I'm just Naomi.Rothstein. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes yep. on Instagram. I'll be there. Um, yep. And my website, you can always send a message through there. Um, how to find me. Uh, it's NaomiRothstein.com. Super easy to find. Um, and also all of, you know, I also have a podcast, but you can find out all of about everywhere to contact me through my website, pretty much. Um, I have blogs, I have articles there. Um, you can find my podcast, you Love can it. find my 90 day course there. So all, all the things. Love it. I'll make sure everything is in the show notes. Um, so that people know how to reach and connect with you. I have a couple quick questions for you. Yeah, um, before we wrap up is Great. what impact do you want to create in the world? Oh, um, I want to help people I want to show specifically like trainers and those who work in, you know, client services, meaning like they base their day around clients and they base their day around other people showing up and their time. There are other ways to do what you love. So you don't have to just switch careers. Cause I thought I was like, okay, I can't keep doing this. I'm just going to completely switch careers. But I, I knew that wasn't my calling at the end of the day, but no, that there are ways that you can still do what you love in a different capacity. Mm. There are so many ways to run a personal training business or to run um, a uh, dietetics company or an eyelash, whatever it is, like an esthetician. There are just ways to do what you love and share your expertise in different ways. So don't Mm. just all of a sudden throw out what you're doing, even if it's your passion, because you know, the way you're doing it isn't satisfying to you, let's say. Mm-hmm. It's it, that is so beautiful to show people a different way. I, I know you can relate to this. And I'm just going to share that yeah. for 27 years, I worked one-on-one with clients, training clients. And so I was the one at the gym, most down mm-hmm. the, in the first, like in the first, what, 10 years, it was mornings, nights, afternoons, Saturdays. Always. It was, it was always burn. And what I burn out. Yes. Multiple times a year. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was always time for that. And I remember um, listening to people say, well, feed yourself first and serve yourself first. And I would say that to my clients, but I couldn't figure out how to do that because I was always right. training clients. Right. And you know, if you wanted to create more financial freedom in some way, shape or form, you trained more clients. It was just more hours. It's mm-hmm. and it, it never, I watch everyone else and I think, I don't know how to do that within the the confines of my job. And when COVID hit, one of the first things I started to do was take care of me, like it, a block of time for me in the day. And it was like, Oh, this, like, this, <laughs> this is, is interesting. Like. <laughs> I didn't know what, like yeah. it was such a bizarre feeling, mm-hmm. but to understand that you can do something differently, even just a mm-hmm. few changes can really change how you are seeing it and showing up. Yeah, it's so true. And, and you, I mean, you just said it right there, like how you show up because maybe taking that hour in the middle of the day is all you need to show up for those afternoon clients. Um, but I mean, I thought the same thing. It was like, this is going to be my life and, um, this isn't for me. And so I need to switch careers, but it wasn't that it just needed to figure out how to do it in a different capacity. Cause I was nice. so, it was like, I want more money. Okay. I'll take more clients. Okay. That cuts into my wait. All, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there are other ways just know that. And that's what I'm um, helping. I want to, you know, help and impact others. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Last question for you. And thank you so much for sharing so much of your story today, because that helps others to connect and see that, you know, they can look at you now on Instagram and think of, you know, here she is, she's got this business, she's doing this, but you fought hard to get here and you've worked hard to get here. And I think that that's the part that doesn't always show. Actually, before I ask the last question, I want to ask this. So how does someone say someone in the fitness field, one of your pieces of advice would be, how do you show up? authentically in social media because they're looking at it and going, but Naomi's got it all figured out. She's got this. She's at this point. No, I know. I know. I'm just trying to paint the picture of somebody who's I know. watching. Right. <laughs> and I just want to give any snippet you can give to that person or to somebody who's listening right now and saying, okay, like it's how important it is to be real in social yeah. media. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, think about your life. And this is, you know, these are, I just talked about this actually last week about showing up confidently, more confidently on social media for those who don't know what to say or don't know what to post. Like, first of all, think about like, think about a couple things. Think about what you are most known for with your clients. Like, what do you help clients with? Who do you help? Who are you speaking to? And speak to those people, right? So, and start like, as you're going throughout your day, you have a long day. You wake up. What do you do in the morning? Do you drink coffee or do you drink tea? Do you work out first thing or do you meditate first thing? Share a tiny snippet of a behind the scenes of what your day looks like. So mm-hmm. by you sharing, hey guys, hope everyone's doing great. Here's my morning cup of coffee. Do you guys drink coffee or do you drink tea? Like putting up a poll, Love getting it. some engagement that way. Cause you're going, people are going to start wanting to see like, we're so drawn to what happens behind the scenes. Think about a celebrity that you like. And yeah, it's great to see them all polished in a movie, but what happens when we see them cooking inside their house? Like we're Mm. drawn to it. So give your fans, because yes, you have fans and you have people who follow you, not even, even if they're not commenting, people are following you and they're listening and taking your advice. Show us a little snippet of a behind the scenes of what you Mm -hmm. do during the day. Like think of one thing, not everything, because that's going to get overwhelming, 
but one thing. Um, and the last thing I was going to say, um, try to find your own voice in certain topics. And I think that it's super important to share opinions, like to share your opinion on things. I think it's okay to be polarizing. I think it's okay to share why you don't like the keto diet and why you don't like diets in general, um, or why you don't like intuitive eating, whatever it is that, you know, you are known for, you are helping with. It's okay to share Mm expertise and people might comment back and might want to create more conversation out of it and know that that is growth. Like that means growth. When you have those conversations, that means that you're stirring up some, I don't want to say controversy, but you're just stirring up some conversations. But at the end of the day, you're sharing those authentic pieces of your opinion of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's going to shape your brand at the end of the day. Yeah. No, those are great advice. That's it. Because that's the only way you're going to find your voice. People say, well, I don't yeah. know what my voice is. I'm like, you have to start. You have to start so yeah. that you, have you can try. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Of right. course. And I, the other thing I love about that is I have clients or people that will say, but nobody wants to hear the little parts of my day or nobody oh, wants yes, to hear. I'm like, well, do. what, what are you doing on stories? Like, what are you watching? Who are you right. watching? What are you listening to? What draws you in? And you're exactly right. It's the basics and the day-to-day things you get to see them doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Can I ask you the last question? What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Um, probably when I got really sick, honestly, like that, um, it was a horrible time in my life in the sense that like I, honestly didn't know if I was going to live or not. Like it was that touch and go, but, um, it really brought some things into perspective. And in no way am I hoping that anyone has to have a moment like that in their life to like turn the light bulb on. I don't want, I don't wish that upon anyone, but for me in that moment during my life, it was kind of like, I had spiraled so low and that was just kind of like what I needed to completely shift my, um, outlook on how I was treating my body and my mindset. And it got Mm -hmm. me, um, to seek out a therapist, which I had been thinking about for a while and just to slow down and really like reevaluate some things in my life that were not helping me, that were not serving me. So. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's so important that, in reverse, when we look at our life, that some of our lowest points, our turning points were actually the things that really fueled us to do Mm -hmm. what we are now Mm -hmm. doing or fulfilled us and allows us to now help and impact others. But they're scary at the time. They're so scary. So scary, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, you can look back at it and be like that, you know, that really, it served a purpose at at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing so much of yourself today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Marsha. I love this conversation and you had great questions. So my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.